we want to lift up and offer as a living sacrifice, which, reasonably, uh, which actually is our reasonable service. Then he, he tells us in his word to not be conformed to the world from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, how are we going to do that? Proving that good and acceptable and perfect word of God. So we're going to talk about uh, another beatitude. Do you want to be happy? You want to be fortunate? You want to be well off socially, financially, physically, spiritually, in every way? You want your family to be happy, fortunate, well off. You want the church to be happy, fortunate, well off, doing well. Do you want the community to be happy, well off? Doing well. I do. I want to live my life so that I'll have happiness, peace, and contentment. I want my wife to experience that same thing and our home to experience that same thing. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy, fortunate, well off if you're poor in spirit. So if I want to be happy, fortunate, well off, I need to be poor in spirit. Today we're going to go on down and look at number five. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. So, how can I obtain mercy? Be merciful but I don't want to be merciful I want mercy but I do not want to extend mercy well if you're expecting that you're expecting the impossible you're expecting we're expecting something that's not going to happen I want to have I want Cindy to extend mercy to me but you mean to tell me I have to be merciful to her I want the church to extend mercy to me and grace when, I'm, when I show my limitations and weaknesses and my humanity. But when the church shows their humanity and limitations and weaknesses, now, wait a minute, asking me to be merciful, now that's just, that's just going too far, right? I mean, this is Jesus' plain teaching, simple that even a child can understand it. Happy, fortunate, well-off are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I need mercy. I want mercy in my life every day. God's mercy in my life, so therefore I must extend that. Think back to Jesus' picture in Matthew 25, 36, right down to the end of the chapter, where He says, The Lord... The Son of Man will come in all His glory with His mighty angels 
and as a shepherd divides the flock, goats on one side and the sheep on the other side, that's how it's sort of going to be. And on one side, I was sick and, and hurting and suffering and a stranger and in prison and hungry. All these things he described. And you saw my need and showed mercy to me. So I will say to them, well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. Because you showed mercy to me, I'm going to show mercy to you. Then on the other side, he says, I was hungry and thirsty and a stranger, and naked in prison, sick. You didn't, you didn't show me mercy. So depart from me. And both sides, one side, well, Lord, when did we see you this way and show you mercy? He said, as much as you did it to the least of these, my followers, my disciples. In other words, if you've shown mercy to each other, you've shown mercy to me. When you've helped somebody else, you've helped me. When you've encouraged somebody else, you've encouraged me. When you've spoken a, a nice word, a word of edifying and encouragement to somebody else, it's saying that to me. And then, of course, the opposite's true. When you didn't, then you didn't to me. Mercy. What does it mean to be merciful? We've looked, you know, in this series, we're looking at definitions and then descriptions. Definitions and descriptions. We've defined what it means to be blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the, those that are hunger and thirst after righteousness. And now, blessed are the merciful. Blessed means fortunate, well-off, happy. What does being merciful, I want to look at it in three practical and descriptive ways. What it means to be merciful. First, it means to be kind and compassionate to others. And I could even add, and to yourself. It's true that some of us are very kind and compassionate to other people and not very kind and compassionate to ourselves. And of course, it's also true that some people are very kind and compassionate to themselves and not very kind and compassionate to others. So when you think of what it means to be merciful, think of kindness and compassion. There's a picture that Jesus gives, or the Bible gives us, of Jesus doing this very thing, showing kindness to people when they need it and being compassionate toward them when they need it. And showing kindness and compassionate to others, you can't do that without sacrificing some of yourself. See, I only have my time and my talents and my treasures. And you have your time and your talents and your treasures. If you need some of my time or some of my talent or some of my treasures, I cannot be merciful to you in extending kindness and compassion without sacrificing some of me. See, most of us, they, 
we have good intentions of being merciful, but when we find that it requires some of who we are, some of our time, some of our talent, some of our treasures, then we start taking a step backwards. Why should I, why should I give you my time, talent, and treasures? Why should I make the sacrifice? And, and we, we may not say this, but we are thinking it. What's in it for me? Now how far am I going to have to go? And how much time will it take? And what am I going to be missing while I'm being kind and compassionate to you? I've stopped preaching and started meddling, right? Because this is real. It's to where Christians... How can we expect people who don't know God to be kind and compassionate? We shouldn't expect them to be. When, when people in the world who don't know God are unkind to us, why should we be surprised? They don't know God. They, don't, they have not experienced His mercy. They haven't experienced His grace. All they know is a dog eat dog. All they know is I better get it while I can because it may not be there. And whatever, whoever I got to step on and whatever I got to take to get what I need, I got to take it and get it. And that's all they know because they haven't experienced the grace and the mercy and the salvation that you and I as New Testament Christians have experienced in the forgiveness of our sin and the sacrifice of a Savior. But the world should expect kindness from us. We're the ones who's supposed to know. And so let us in this lesson internalize this so when we leave here, we're going to decide to be, we're going to look at others with different eyes, with the eyes of Jesus, and show them this kindness and compassion that we're talking about. In Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 44, Jesus has been preaching and teaching, healing all manner of diseases. Has it required any of His time to preach, teach, and heal? And Has it required any of His talents and gifts? Has it required anything of Him and who He is? Hasn't He given it all every day? How many people were around Him? You know how many a multitude is? It's a number that can't be counted. I always view a multitude, when the Bible says, and a multitude thronged him, that means they all wanted a piece of him. They wanted to hear his words. They wanted to feel his touch. They wanted to enjoy and have the mercy that he was extending. And it took something out of him. We know that from the sermon this morning, from our text where that woman with the, with the blood disease. Remember, if you read that from this morning, when, he, when the woman touched the hem of his garment, Jesus felt power go out of him. Have you ever felt that? You, I'll bet you have, you just probably don't know it. Have you ever been around a person who will just suck all the love out of you? 
I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, those are, those, are, those are plain words, but it's words that are true. Where it just seems like when, oh me, here they are. But we're, but see, if we're merciful, we are extending our love and, kind, and we can literally, almost literally, feel drained. We're not alone in that. That's nothing, nothing to be surprised about. Jesus felt that. When that woman touched the hem of his garment, he felt. And of course, the disciples, remember, they said, What do you mean, who touched you? Look at all of these people thrown in you. He said, no, Jesus said, no, this is different. Literally, mercy went out of him because he showed kindness. But here in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, after he had been healing and preaching and teaching, he looked at the people. And the Bible says, Jesus said they are like, a, they are like sheep without a shepherd. And he looked at them and had compassion on them. Look at these people. They're lost. They don't know what to do. They have so many needs. Where do we begin? And then he noticed that they'd been with him all day and were hungry. His disciples said, Jesus, it's late in the day. These people hadn't eaten anything. Send them away into the community that they may go and eat something and let us go over here and rest a while and get us something to sustain us. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. And one of the disciples said, why, a year's worth or a half a year's worth of money would not feed these people, even to give them a little bit. And Jesus said, what do you have? All we have here is five loaves and two fishes. He said, have everybody sit down, a group over here, a group over there, and he, he sorted them out. And he prayed and blessed the bread and that fish, and he began to divvy out the food. And the disciples, he was taken from that loaf and that fish. Two fish and five loaves. He'd just break it off and put it in a basket. They would take it over here to this hundred. And, and the next apostle would come up and he would break the bread, take some of the fish, put it in this basket, and they'd take it to that hundred. And he'd break bread. I can just see this in my imagination. You look up, look down, it's still bread. Break bread... Fish, take it to that hundred. Look down, steal bread. Keep a breaking and keep a divvying out. 5,000 men, not counting women and children. From, from five loaves and two fishes, Jesus provided for 5,000 men, not counting women and children. There's probably more women and children than 5,000 men. 15,000, 20,000, a multitude. Mercy. 
the lesson for us is we can just be merciful a little and the results of a little mercy can reach around the world. I got a call not too long ago. One of the friends of one of the members of the church here had had an emergency. So I went on down to the emergency room. Found out where they were. Went in, introduced myself. I didn't know any of them because the members of the church here were not there. I said, I'm so-and-so's preacher, you know. I heard you were here. And all I did, all I did for an hour was just stand over here against the wall. Didn't say anything. Didn't do anything. They took him on to the room. Of course, I had prayer with the family. I did do that. Two or three weeks later, I got the most beautiful card in the mail from this family. And I mean, the, the wife had just written the whole card full of what a blessing it was that I came down, what all, all that I did, and I, I didn't do anything. I just showed up and stood against the wall. A little bit of mercy... God can take and multiply it into thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Just a little bit of kindness. If you and I would decide that when we get up in the morning, I'm going I'm to be kind today going to work. That fellow that's ride, riding my bumper, or that fellow in front of me that's not moving fast enough, or the fellow beside me that should know that that lane does not turn. If we just decide to show kindness and mercy, you know what we would find? We would find this passage to be true. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Because we're going to need it. And maybe here's the opportunity to extend it because our Father in Heaven knows that coming home, we're going to need all the mercy we can get. Because traffic is going to be blocked up and we're going to see it before the exit. And we can get off. And then we can look up and say, Thank you, Lord. That mercy I showed this morning just saved me 45 minutes. Because the Lord could have let us waited on past the exit where there's not another exit for three miles. Cindy and I have been there on 65 coming back from my mother's birthday. If we'd have just took, taken the exit about a quarter of a mile back, we wouldn't be sitting still on Interstate 65 for 45 minutes. And I, maybe you're saying, okay, I'm going to put two and two together. Mickey probably wasn't merciful that morning. And that's a possibility. Because we have an enemy, it's old the old devil, and he's tempting us. And he's the one who's saying to us, get it, 
You better get it while you can. He's the one saying to us, they don't deserve your mercy. They don't deserve grace. Look at them what they're doing. Look here, you do it. And that's the enemy telling us to be unmerciful. But the Lord, if we just listen to Him, He said, look, don't listen to that. That does not work. My way works. My way works every time. Just extend mercy. You don't have to extend a lot for it to benefit a lot. Now, the more we extend, of course, as you sow, so shall you reap. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But God can even take... He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and it'll be done. Remember this from this morning. God can so many times. What God can do in my life doesn't rest in His hands. He can do it. It's mine in my, in my hindering God wanting to bless me. Okay, so my, my question is, what about me? Am I a compassionate person? Am I looking for somebody to be merciful to? How can I help this waitress in the restaurant that's got way too much work to do? How can I help her? Cindy and I have started at the end when we finish up. And I'm not saying this is what you need to do. This is something that I read in a book. And he and his wife started doing this. And it was showing mercy that, that he reaped benefits from. And you know, I told Cindy, I said, we're going to try this. So at the end of the meal, we stack our plates up. I pick up the, the sugar and the, the you know, creamers or whatever, put them on the plate, put our utensils in there. We stack it up, kind of slide it over. Cindy will take a napkin and kind of ride around on the plate and wad it up and put it on the plate. And the waitress will come by and say, you didn't have to do that. I said, well, that's all right. That's just something we do. She just grabbed that whole stack and went on back to the kitchen. I would like to think it saved her a little time. But more than that, it showed mercy. Not too long ago, we were at Cracker Barrel and this, this waiter... Young man, you can tell he's probably a college student. Been there one week. And when he, when he filled our water glasses up, he turned and spilled the other half a jug of water right down my shoulder. Now I had a choice. Merciful, compassion and kind, or the opposite. He just, he's doing the best he can. Oh, he just apologized. The manager came out, tried to give us free meals, and, you know, which, hey, be merciful, obtain mercy. There you go. Works every time. How do I know it works? Because he says it does. It's true. The truth always. Be compassionate and kind. Second picture. Uh, being merciful is having a disposition. That means an attitude. Who you are. Who you are in the morning. Who you are at lunch. Who you are at night. Who you are at home. Who you are in the church. Who you are at work. Who you are when you're playing games. 
who you are, a disposition of being kind and forgiving. After Jesus prayed, teaching the, the disciples to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not temptation. Deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then the next two verses say, Forgive men their trespasses. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, then your heavenly Father will not forgive you your trespasses. Well, that's pretty plain. My forgiveness is dependent on my forgiveness. God's forgiveness, when I ask Him, is dependent upon how I've forgiven. God's mercy to me is dependent upon my mercy to others. Am I, am I taking salvation from God's hands? No! Am I saying that I can be good enough to go to heaven? Merciful enough? Kind enough? Compassionate enough? No! One sin separates me from God. Without Jesus, no one will be saved. We are saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, not of myself, not of anything I do, lest I should boast before God about how good I am. And none of us are that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what Jesus said. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's what I'm saying. You want to have mercy? Be merciful. Kindness. In Luke chapter 23, 33 and 34, and then 39, 43, you'll recognize this as Jesus hanging on the cross. Four soldiers down there at the foot of the cross. They're the ones who put the nails in with hammers. Not too long ago, Cindy was teaching the middle school class right back here. We had a young man in the class, his mother, he and his mother had been coming, finding out about the church. He didn't know anything about the church or about the, what the Bible teaches. And in the class, they were going through the crucifixion of Jesus. And this young man said, wait a minute, stop the class. Looked at Cindy and said, the teacher, you mean to tell me that they actually put nails in Jesus' hands? You mean to tell me they actually took a hammer and nailed and drove it in his feet? And the teacher said, yes. How could they do such a thing? Just a young man. Here's Jesus hanging on the cross. Those same four soldiers that just hung him there had stripped him of his clothes, divided his clothes among themselves because you know what, what's going to happen. They're ours. And he had that tunic that was woven without a seam. And then they cast lots, the Bible says. They 
flip the coin or draw a stick or uh, threw some dice, whatever they did to cast lots, to gamble over his, to see which one would win it. Those are the people that Jesus looked at. Some walking by, yelling at him. You saved others, why don't you save yourself? Look at you. All that big talk that you were doing about tearing the, tearing the temple down and building it in three days. Where, what did all that preaching get you now? All those people. I don't know what they were saying. Probably in much more different language than that. And Jesus was merciful. I was thinking about the the subtle difference between grace and mercy. I've always known that grace is unmerited favor. So if you think about it, it's God giving us something that we need but can't get. And I was thinking of mercy being God not giving us something that we should get, but won't. So grace is the positive aspect of God's love. Mercy could be, it's positive certainly. One is I'm going to extend to you favor when you don't deserve favor. The other is I'm going to, you, you deserve a whipping, but I'm not going to give you one. You deserve death, but I'm not going to, I'm, not, I'm going to let you escape that. And even further, I'm going to be the sacrifice for you. I'm going to take the pain. And so to these people, Jesus showed mercy. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He could look at them and see. But he looked through the eyes of mercy. He looked through the eyes of kindness and forgiveness. Isn't it time that we look through different eyes, his eyes, to see things the way he does? We can if we just would. We'd see things different. But when we look through worldly eyes or selfish eyes, because of how we've been treated in the past by people in the world who don't know God, they've been unmerciful to us, we allow that, that we allow that temptation, we yield to it to be unmerciful to others. Instead of listening to God, we're following and conforming ourselves to the world. Instead of being transformed by His Word, the renewing of our mind, we're being conformed to the world to be like them. And how will the world ever come to know God if instead of being different from them, we're just being the same? They'll look at us as Christians and want little of nothing of what we have. But if we show kindness and forgiveness, in addition to that, a few minutes later, one of the thieves said, if you are the Christ, what, come down from that cross and take us down with you. 
And the other thief said to the, his, the one on the other side, you don't know what you're saying. We deserve to be here. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he looked to Jesus and said, Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, Today you will be with me in paradise. How beautiful. To show all of those, that man beside him, all around him, and us even, mercy. Thirdly, and this is the last one, the, the definition or description of mercy is the alleviation of, of distress. It's relieving someone else of their burden, helping them carry the load. That's what extending mercy is. It's being merciful. Like if you're out, it, it, when you're about to leave here in a few minutes, and maybe you see somebody coming in carrying a big heavy box. And you look out the glass door and you, you go, look at there. That's our Christian sister. I don't know what she's carrying, but it looks heavy. And then I'm standing there with you going, yeah, the way she's been over, it does look kind of heavy, doesn't it? Yeah, and then you say, well, I wonder what's in that box. And I say, I don't know. It may be some books or some canned goods for the pantry. I don't know what it is. And she's getting closer and closer to the door. And we're standing there looking. <laughs> when are we going to show some mercy? Somebody got to open the door. You know what we do? At the last minute, we open the door. And then we say, do you need some help? Well, no, not now. I'm already here in, in, the, in, in the pantry box. It's five steps from here. You fellas watch me come from the car. <laughs> well, we just wonder what was in the box, right? But see, when we're looking through the eyes of mercy, when she gets it out of the box, two brothers stand there looking out the door and said, you know, let's go help her. And not one brother, both brothers. Here, let me get that, sister. And she might even say, oh, no, that's all right, I got it. Yeah, I know you got it. Let me have that box. You're going to have mercy whether you want it or not. <laughs> but, and then one brother will get the box, or maybe the two brothers will get the box, a sister will get the door. Everybody's smiling and laughing and talking. Oh, what a beautiful family we have. It's all just up to us. See, being merciful is giving somebody some relief. And sometimes it's emotional, not necessarily physical. Can't you tell by looking at someone, if you just look at them, that something's wrong? You just, if we just look, you go, I say, brother, can I talk to you a minute? Are you all right? No, Brother Mickey, I'm not all right. This is what I just heard. Oh, brother, let's pray about that. Is there anything I can do for you?
Those, there's many in this, this congregation that's merciful. One of our ladies not too long ago was having a uh, uh, diabetic problem. And, you know, I'm just shaking hands with people and look around about 10 feet from me and everybody's gathered around her. And you helped. Some of you looked and saw because you were looking through the eyes of Christ. Most of us, we just go about our life and never even look. But it's time for us as Christians and members of the Lord's church to be about looking and looking for opportunities to be merciful. The text is Luke chapter 8, similar to the one we used this morning. In this text, Jesus was met by multitudes. Then a fellow came who had a daughter that had died. He said, just speak the word and she'll be healed. And Jesus said, I'll take care of it. About that time, a woman came and says, I'm very sick. If I can just touch his garment... Then about that time, two blind men came and said, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus said, be it done according to your faith. It was just on and on. If you read the New Testament, it's on and on and on and on and on and on. And yet at every turn, Jesus relieved people of distress, showing them mercy. If you go back to this morning from those two blind men, what, if you'll remember, what were they yelling out to Jesus? Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. What, what were they asking Jesus to do? Depart and be ye warmed and filled. Remember from James? What good is it if you just declare somebody warm and filled, unless you give them those things that they need. Jesus said, mercy to you. No, he said, do you, what, do you believe I can help you? And they said, we believe it. They said, well, be it done to you according to your faith. And they, their eyes were open and they could see them. But you know what Jesus did? He touched their eyes. He didn't have to. The Jairus said, you don't even have to come to my house. He did, but Jairus' faith didn't require it. It's the same way, this, these men, show us mercy. He touched their eyes. I wonder what it felt like to be touched by the Son of God. Man, don't you want to feel it? We all have been if we're in Christ. Maybe not physically, but somewhere inside us we, we know how it feels when we come up out of the water, how, how it feels to know we've been saved, to know that the Word is ours. That passage in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, as we close. Paul says, I beseech you, beg you, by the mercies of God, to offer up your body as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable, it's, no, it's reasonable, 
You know, we think, man, I'm going to give my body as a sacrifice. That's a big thing. I ought to get some kind of plaque or a trophy. Because, I mean, that, Jesus said, it's just reasonable. For what for what been shown you and for the sacrifices been made to me, for me, it's just reasonable that I offer myself. It's not anything, and it's not a big deal. For what Jesus did for me, and for me to live for Him, that's nothing. That's a reasonable sacrifice, a reasonable service that I give. It's just something, well, anybody would do that if we would understand what's been done for us. Be merciful. Why? Why should I be merciful? Because, buddy, he's been merciful to me. See, at first at this lesson, I, I went at it as, I went about mercy as, if you are merciful, it'll come back to you. Right? Isn't that kind of how we did it? Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. But brothers and sisters, if you're a Christian, you already have been obtaining mercy. You already have it. If God did nothing else for us, it's already too much. So now, we want to show mercy not for what we can get. We want to show mercy because what we already have. I've got so much mercy that my cup runs over. I need to extend mercy. I'm called to it. If I don't, I don't sleep well. If I'm not merciful, something's not right. That's how we got to be. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. I want to be merciful to get mercy. And that's true. That's Jesus' teaching. But Jesus also taught us, and this is from another passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's our reasonable service of worship to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. See, we're offering ourselves our blood, sweat, and tears, our time, our talents, our treasures to extend kindness, to extend sympathy, to extend forgiveness, to relieve the stress and distress in the lives of people who are suffering. How can I help you? Will it require me Something of me, yes. But I already have so much. What I have to give, God's going to give me. He just pours into me more than I could ever even think about. Things are not right between you and God. Don't leave here with things wrong. We stand ready to help you, pray with you, study with you. Help you to come to Jesus if you need to. And you come as we stand together and sing.